Welcome to the podcast of Rogue Valley Christian Church. We hope to be a place that connects you to Jesus, encourages you to grow in your faith, and challenges you to serve the world. Hey, thanks for taking the time to join us for another one of our video devotionals. As you've done so, many of you are aware that today is Ash Wednesday, a day set aside in the Christian calendar for uh, repentance and prayer, for recognizing our need for a Savior, and then uh, appreciating or being grateful for the fact that God has given us Jesus, who has lived a perfect life, who gave his life as a perfect sacrifice, and then miraculously rose again on the third day. You see, Ash Wednesday is a day set aside that uh, reminds us of who we are and what God has done to make us who we were always meant to be. It's a day that reminds us that Jesus has accomplished everything required by God that we might be righteous or made right in his sight. It's a day that throughout Christian history has been celebrated with solemn prayer songs, and even uh, the marking of our foreheads with ashes. You see, traditionally, churches would take the ashes from the previous year's Palm Sunday. They would take the branches or the, uh, the leaves from the palms used in uh, the previous year's Palm Sunday celebration, and they would grind them down and then burn them. And then the ashes are set aside for a year and then used on Ash Wednesday to mark each and every believer with uh, the recognition that we are uh, repentant, that we are sorry for our sins, and we are grateful and hopeful uh, for our Savior. See, Ash Wednesday is a great day for us as believers to to be reminded of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. It's also worth noting that Ash Wednesday throughout church history also marks the beginning of a season called Lent, a 40-day period where Christians uh, intentionally pray and usually fast or forego food or some other vice or some other thing for the sake of an intentional focus, reflection, contemplation, celebration, and thinking about the person of Jesus his life, his ministry, his sacrifice, and his resurrection. This season of Lent, which we could also call a season of preparation, has been engaged by Christians for centuries as a way to be better prepared to come together on Easter and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus with great joy. And so on this Ash Wednesday, where we recognize and take time to understand what it's all about and what we can do, engage a day with great uh, appreciation for what God has done. May it also be the beginning of a season for us where we intentionally focus on the Lord. Now, as we do so, we believe that God will prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls to come together on Easter and celebrate with great joy. And that joy will be born out of a time where we recognize not only how much we have needed and continue to need God, but how faithful he has been. And so may this Ash Wednesday 
and this season of preparation. May they be a blessing to each and every one of us. It's also worth noting that Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent or season of preparation finds its origins in the reality of Jesus and his ministry. You see, at the beginning of his ministry, uh, he went out to the desert and was tempted for 40 days by Satan. This is where we get the 40-day uh, Lenten or season of preparation. 40 days before Easter, the church has historically set aside that time to reflect on, meditate on, contemplate the reality of Christ in our lives for the sake of growing closer to him to the point of celebrating the resurrection with great joy. So I thought it would be worth it to go ahead and go to the book of Matthew chapter 4 and take a look at the account of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. It says in Matthew chapter 4 verse 1, Then Jesus was led up to the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Remember, as we consider the temptation, we have to recognize that this was purposed and planned by God. And Jesus was led by the Spirit of God out into the wilderness, where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, where he willingly uh, forsook food in order to uh, have a greater ability to focus on the purposes and plans of God for his life. It says that after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Matthew 4 verse 2 tells us that he was weak and weary and hungry and experiencing all the things that come from being depleted. And so at that point, the enemy decides to attack. It says in verse 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. When Jesus was at his weakest, the enemy came, the devil came, and tempted him to forego the plans of God, to forget trusting God to take care of him, and to take care of himself. Now we know what Jesus will say, right? Jesus will say, man shall not live on the on, on, by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, Jesus responds to the temptation of the enemy by making it known that he would not forsake or forego God himself and trust in him. That food or uh, provision would be given by God and he wouldn't take any shortcut. He wouldn't give in. It's worth noting for you and I that quite often the enemy is going to attack at our weakest point when we are weary. And it's also worth remembering the example of Jesus where he recognizes that it doesn't matter how weak we are, we should always trust God to come through. Well, the enemy didn't give up there. We're told in verse 5 that the devil took him to, a whole, to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. This second temptation that the enemy throws at our Savior Jesus is interesting, because somehow, mysteriously, he takes Jesus to Jerusalem, to a high place in the temple, and tells Jesus, well, if God says that he'll take care of you and you're going to trust in his provision, then just throw yourself off and let's see it. Prove it. And that's an interesting thing too, right? Put God to the test. And Jesus says and responds to the tempter by saying, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
In other words, Jesus says, no, I've seen God come through and I know that God will come through. So I will not unnecessarily put my God to the test. I won't force him to take care of me. Instead, I will have faith in him and believe and know that he will be faithful and take care of me. It's, it's an amazing deal. You see, sometimes uh, we're tempted to take matters into our own hands, to uh, push God, if you will, to prove himself to us. And yet, in the example of Jesus, we see something completely different. We see Jesus refusing to make his father prove his love because he already knew he had it and he would wait on it because he believed that God's promises to take care of him would take place. Without a doubt, the enemy's gotta be frustrated at this point, so in this third temptation, he turns it up a notch. And it says again, verse eight, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. But then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Finally, the devil uh, plays his card, ultimately saying, listen, I'll give you everything that, you, that I think you would want if you will just worship me. You don't have to go to the cross. You can avoid pain and suffering. You can avoid being rejected by an ungrateful humanity if all you will do is give up your glory and worship me. And Jesus responds by saying, no, no, no. I will worship God and him alone. You see, it's an interesting deal, these temptations, because we're reminded that Jesus, after spending 40 days and 40 nights fasting in the wilderness, at a point of great weakness from a humanity's perspective or point of view, has victory over the enemy, even on our behalf. We should be encouraged as we consider the reality of what Jesus has done. And as it relates to Ash Wednesday and a season of preparation, we should note that it is it starts with recognizing and keeping our eyes on Jesus, not only the author and perfecter of our faith, as Hebrews chapter 12 says, but the one who has overcome the enemy at the beginning of his ministry, all throughout his ministry, and ultimately as a culmination of his ministry by becoming victorious over sin and death through, his, through the cross and the resurrection. You see, as we take time on this Ash Wednesday to recognize how much we need the Lord, we should be encouraged by what we see in and through the Lord. And as this day, this Ash Wednesday, leads into an extended period of time where we prepare our hearts, our minds, and our souls to celebrate the resurrection with great joy. And we do this preparation by keeping our eyes on Jesus, considering, thinking about, and contemplating his life, his ministry, his sacrifice, and even his resurrection. May we be a people who keep our eyes on the Lord. I referenced Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read uh, verses one through three. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so closely uh, entang which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
May this Ash Wednesday be a starting point for our own personal preparation that we would keep our eyes on Jesus. And through the reality of taking time and being intentional about thinking about uh, his life, his ministry, his sacrifice, and his resurrection, uh, may we do whatever it takes to lay aside any and every sin that the Lord points out. And may we run this race called life with endurance so that we could give all the glory to God. The writer of Hebrews finally says in verse 3 of chapter 12, he says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Don't you know that during this season of, of, of preparation, uh, this season, this next 40 days or so, that we take time daily to get ready to be prepared to celebrate the resurrection with great joy. And we do so by letting go of anything and everything that becomes a distraction. We do so by entrusting ourselves to the Lord. May we keep our eyes on Jesus and consider the reality of what he went through so that we wouldn't grow weary in what we go through. May we not only keep our eyes on the Lord, but in doing so, may we honor and glorify the Lord. So may this Ash Wednesday be marked by the reality of what Jesus has done for us and what he will do through us. And may we allow this Ash Wednesday to kick off a season in which we are willingly preparing ourselves through prayer and contemplation, through quietness and study. May we allow it to prepare our hearts to come together and celebrate with great joy the resurrection on Easter Sunday. You see, may this day and the days ahead be used by God to draw us closer and closer to Him. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Rogue Valley Christian Church, please visit our website at www.rvchristian.com.